Hey, Joe. Hey, Ken. How's it going? Oh, it's, we're we're quarantined again. It hasn't stopped. I mean, this nightmare. You know, yeah. This nightmare is not ending. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it eventually will, but I don't think that's going to happen until like you know. When do you think we'll be allowed to leave our homes? Um, all right. So there are two distinct differences between when the state is going to allow you to leave their, your home and when you should leave your home. The state is going to let you leave your home sometime in May. You shouldn't leave your home until, I don't know, sometime during towards the end of summer. Yeah, I got you. But like, but when can I leave my home? Sometime towards the end of summer. All right, May, gotcha. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, like, fucking the, the governors are going to like get real dumb and they're going to open everything back up quickly. And then, yeah. and then everybody's going to get fucking sick again. Well, hey, I'm not about to like, you know, when May hits, go fucking hit up the, you know, the, the cinema to see uh, uh, Bloodshot with Vin Diesel. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not about to do that. Although I probably will be uh, socially isolated and be the only one in the theater. But... Um, you know, I'm just, you know, itching for something different. But anyway, <laughs> let's talk about video games because that's all anyone can talk about right now. Yes, sir. Um, so my favorite video game of yep. all time. Yep. Uh, I'm looking at a poster of it right now because I'm in my room. I've had this poster basically since the game came out. It came with a strategy guide of Resident Evil 4. Hell Yeah. It's Leon being a complete action hero idiot man uh, with a bunch of flames behind him and an El Gigante behind him. Uh, It is quite a meme. I love that poster. But anyway, uh, so they're remaking this game. This is basically official. It's been reported not by Capcom, but by multiple news outlets. So... Usually when you hear some like big news like oh my god Kojima's making Silent Hills it's you it's just from like one source so you can dismiss that as like that's probably not real. But this has been basically reported by everybody and talked about by everybody. So that makes me think that it is actively being like in the middle of development right now. And I am incredibly worried. As I think a lot of people are. <laughs> I think we briefly talked about this uh, last week even because we were talking about Resident Evil 3 remake and what we think they should do in the future, right? Yeah. And uh, I was of the opinion that they shouldn't do 4 because it's already perfect. And I stand by that. <laughs> um, that doesn't mean, you know, they know what they're doing. Even the people that say they shouldn't. They're going to buy that day one. And I'm Absolutely. one of them. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah. Me too, most likely. Absolutely. But like more than any other remake I've ever heard of, this that one fills me with worry. Me too, because Resident how Evil do you how do you possibly live up to that? I don't know, man. I, I view Resident Evil Four as a perfect game already, so it's like really difficult. I guess the way you would take it, see, it's not even like a Final Fantasy VII remake situation, right? Where a lot of people do view that as a perfect video game, but. They were able to completely morph what it is and add context to everything, and like there's a lot more to do with that. Whereas, Resident well, there were improvements to be made. You absolutely. know, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you're with going how from... the story was told. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're going from you're going from a poorly translated PlayStation One turn based RPG game to a like way better contexted, acted, etc. Action RPG game, but you can't change what Resident Evil Four is. No, I feel like that would change the entirety of the game. If if if, if all of a sudden you made it like super serious and not like B movie schlock because it is, it's super B movie schlock. It loses especially a lot. towards the end. I I think it loses its identity a bit because yeah. that's kind of like the fun of that game is that loves. it's completely ridiculous. That's what I love about it. It's part of why I like it a lot. I mean, that gameplay is tight as hell, too. Um, and so they're going to modernize it. Like, you know, you're going to be able to run and shoot. Who knows if they'll still have Ashley Escort mission, because, like, that's the thing that everybody complains about the most. So that's probably on the cutting room floor. If you're a developer and you listen to fan feedback, I don't think they should cut out Ashley, but... I'm also someone who sees no flaw with the game, so I'm not, I'm biased. <laughs> I, I don't know what you do. I have no idea. I don't know if I want to experience a more realistic approach to that game because it's supposed to be a little over the top or very over the top. It's supposed to be really over the top. And like what – I guess what I would do is just – kind of just upgrade everything with the game, make everything play a little bit tighter, maybe cut down the Ashley Escort section a little bit. But I don't know. Like I already think it's not even in the game that much, and people kind of like misremember how little it actually is in the game. Yeah, it's not much. And also, like a lot of the chapters where you do have her, you could just say, hey, go hide in this dumpster, <laughs> and she's a non-factor in the difficulty that way. I don't know, but I'm also, you know, someone who's, you know, beat it a hundred times or whatever. Right. So, like, 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 don't ask me, I suppose. I just, I don't know. Um, and I'm also worried because, so we know that basically the team who made Resident Evil 3 remake is making it. Um, now, granted, I believe they're approaching this one with a lot more seriousness and a less tight deadline because like three had a really quick production really quick uh because it was from two coming out to three coming out was literally just a year so this has a couple years apparently not slated until like 2021 i think or 2022 and uh so maybe the more development time will result in a better game, but I think it can certainly be said that three cut some corners in adapting that game. And those are corners that I would be aghast if they cut them in Resident Evil four. Like if you cut out, like, I don't know any, any significant section of that game, I would be like, but why though? That's right. a long game compared to Resident Evil 3 for sure. It was the first Resident Evil that wasn't like necessarily like encouraging beating it quick. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. certainly there's fast speed runs of it now, but it was kind of more meant to take your time with it and it was more of like a 20 hour game 
than the other ones, which were closer to 10. So losing that might hurt it as well. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of ways that could go wrong, but there is a lot of ways that it could be amazing. We don't really know yet, but I'm super worried about it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so much that, like, if they change even, like, a couple small things, it could, like, really dampen the experience and not make it worth getting a remake. And that's such a big, big issue. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I, I I just wouldn't want them to do it at all, if I'm being honest. I I think the, the easier play would be to remake Code Veronica, because, like, at worst, you're probably still better than the fucking original. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> like, there's there's only there's not nothing you can't improve <laughs> from that game. Just straight improvements. But, uh, before that, we'll get Resident Evil 8, and I am looking forward to that. Absolutely. And I, I, I hope that they can get their shit together and, uh, deliver an excellent remake that is worthy of the name Resident Evil 4. But... My hopes are not, buddy. They're not. They're not. They're not up at all. <laughs> I don't think so. Genhart's. Genhart's concerned. <laughs> yeah. That's Ken. Hey, how's it going? I'm Jub. It's me. Mm-hmm. It is That's you. Him. It is in fact you. I mean, I hope so. You could be an imposter mimicking his voice because we are over the internet and I cannot see you. You caught me. I'm not Gen. <laughs> I killed Gen. Oh no! And uh, started living in his house and am uh, pretending to be him. I'm the complete opposite. Um, I'm a skinny black man. How does, uh, how does Gen's dog feel about that? I mean, she's stupid. She don't care. <laughs> dog. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. No, nah, but anyway, uh, well, welcome to the show where we, uh, you know, watch a film. Yeah. Talk about film. Uh-huh. Go like, well, that wasn't that great, was it? No. Or maybe it was okay. And know. then we go, huh, all right, what's next week? Oh, no. And then, and then we... And can then can we, I just say... And then I, we go back to bed. Before, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously get to it in, in the later part of the show. But can I just say real quick, yes, yes. like there are way too many butt jokes in that movie. To the point where it's like exhausting. Poop jokes, yeah. Not even poop jokes. Yeah, There's yeah, one poop joke. There's a single poop joke. But there is way too many butt jokes. Way there too many. There was a fart joke, and then there was a poop joke, and those were both the worst parts of the movie. Uh, we're talking about Teen Titans Go. Yeah. To the movies. Um. Now, there were parts that I did like. Yeah, me too. Uh, but I think, I think my overall opinion will just be this. There is no reason to watch that movie when Lego Batman exists. Yeah, because it does a similar thing except it executes it brilliantly. 
does a really similar thing, but it, the execution is way better in Lego Batman. And I think that's a movie that, like, you know, T. Dane's Go is definitely aiming for children more. Yeah. Than adults, for sure. Whereas Lego Batman, like, while it still is, I think it can be appreciated more by, like, a comic book fan of any age. As long as you're a little bit familiar with Batman, you'll like yeah, it right. and understand the... uh the parody this one like while there were things that like i think were actually somewhat maybe even more funny than any specific joke in lego batman uh, it was just accompanied by a lot of stuff that wasn't funny at all to me yep and it was really long feeling <laughs> as like a result i watched it this morning and uh man it felt like it took forever it felt like i was sitting here just like my thumb up my ass not enjoying my time <laughs> And just, I don't know, man. I think that's the problem. It's a problem when you adapt uh, a show that is 22 minutes or hell, 11 minutes because it's two per episode, right. two episodes per episode. Uh, and then you're adapting it to fill the entire length of 90 to 100 minutes. And like, uh, it's just like, you know, it's a lot. Pat it it's, out. It's hard. To, it's hard to strike the balance. I've only seen it done a couple of times. Like. I think the South Park movie did a good job. I think the Simpsons movie did a good job. But usually, I feel like that's a mistake. <laughs> to, yeah. You know, your format is 11 minutes. You don't need to go 100. Right. Yeah, it definitely, there's a lot of padding. A lot of, a lot of stuff kind of just like shows through really hard. But we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, later. yeah. We'll get to that later. For right now, um, I would like to talk about a game. I have been what playing. Game? I have been playing the Final Fantasy VII remake for a solid week now. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one. How is that game? It's great. Fantastic, even. I've been hearing, been hearing very good things. Been seeing very good things. I'm watching, you know, let's plays and stuff. I'll probably buy it when it's not sixty dollars because is... I'm not a huge. A huge Final Fantasy fan. I am familiar with Seven, though. Yeah. So. This is probably my most, my favorite Final Fantasy game to come out since, like, Nine. Fuck. I mean, well, well. You know what? No, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> not even, I'm not even trying to diss that statement. I'm just saying that, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's kind of how it is. I mean, like, in 14, the MMO is really good, but I'm not an MMO person, so that game doesn't really appeal to me. But then after that, man, like, I don't know, 15's okay. It, I enjoyed it enough that that was pretty good. Um, 10 is a hilarious nightmare. Um, 11's <laughs> yeah, a bad, yeah, 11's <laughs> a not very good MMO. Um, I didn't understand 12 very well, and I don't know, I might go I don't know anything someday. about 12. Nobody I, talked about it when it came out, I don't know. I don't like the battle system at all. And then, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Nine, nine 13... Thirteen is what it is. <laughs> I wasn't even gonna mention it. Uh, oh, I did. It's a number. You can't pretend it don't exist. <laughs> There's three of those games. There are three thirteens, which is a uh, too many thirteens. Three of this one too, probably. Unlucky number. Uh, it's looking that way. I, I guess they could make even more than that. Depending on what they do, I ho I actually kind of hope not. I hope there's not like five of these. I think make it a, make it a trilogy. That's that's the good spot to be. You don't need to fucking... I think so. You don't need to go too crazy, you know? 
I'd settle down a little bit, mm-hmm. make three games, everybody happy, move on from there. Make Final Fantasy 16 or something. I don't know. I mean, like, if you want to get technical, I, this is Final Fantasy 16. I mean, pretty much. And the next one's going to be 17, and the next one's going to be 18, because they, I don't see Square Enix making anything else Final Fantasy related. I mean, they can make side games if they want, I guess, but they, like, I don't see them making a 16 until they're done with this. Oh, absolutely not. And that's a long ways away. This is their big all-hands-on-deck project, especially when you're looking at the sales, man. Um, I mean, in Japan alone, it's it's, going to cross a million units soon. That's just in Japan. And there's also the success of it could open up the floodgates to like, well, what if we remade, I don't know, six or four Four. or, you know, all the other ones that people love nine. I don't know. Like who knows what they'll do. Square like has been like couldn't aggressively ignoring their 2d titles for some time now. I I don't know, man. (laughs) I guess that's true, but like, well then nine or 10. I could see him doing nine or ten because that what like what's the most popular one that isn't seven? Yeah, it'd be probably uh, ten. Probably yeah, either ten or six. Yeah, six. Well, six is like pretty damn popular, but it's also regarded as like one of the greatest RPGs of all time, if not the greatest. So yeah, you might you might feel like how I feel about Resident Evil Four getting remade about that game, I guess. I would feel like about I would feel like that about Final Fantasy Four, really. Um, I mean, okay. I want it. I mean, if they did it in the same system as Seven, I wouldn't be upset. Um, but then, like the the amount of times that game has been ported, like I, I'm such a nerd for Final Fantasy Four that like I've played every single port of it, and like I know like all the changes that are made and like which ones are better, which ones are worse. I'm a fucking weirdo. <laughs> well, yeah, there's nothing wrong if it's a great game. Then there. I, I think it's personally think it's one of the greatest, but um, but anyway, Final Fantasy VII though, I'm about yeah. I'm, I'm I just started when I stopped earlier today. I was uh, I was just started chapter nine. So as far as chapters go, I don't know how far I am. Um, but and a lot of people are saying I think there's something time. like fucking fifteen of them, I, maybe more. Okay, so so as far as I know, I'm not so, certain. so chapter wise, I'm about halfway through, but I know that like there's a lot more that the chapters get longer as the game goes on. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So um, I'm roughly I'm roughly ten hours in right now, and I know people were saying it's about a thirty hour game, so I'm probably about a third of the way through actually. Okay. And. Uh, to, to, to preface this, I'm not a big fan of the original Final Fantasy VII. I find the game hard to like fully understand. I uh, I played it much later on in my life, and I don't like the way the game looks. Uh, music's great, and still great in this one, even better actually. And I think oh, dude, those orchestral like remixes of those old songs is so fucking good. Dude, they're fantastic. Um, I. Every single song. There's not a song in the game so far that I dislike. It all sounds so good. Um, I never liked. I never liked Cloud as a character. Um, but 
that this remake does a lot to remedy a lot of that stuff. Obviously, it looks gorgeous. Uh, Square's new engine that they've been using like since Final Fantasy XV is gorgeous. Everything looks good. There's some problems with like, like kind of like pixelated environment stuff, but I think that a lot of that has to do with just like the console limitations and not okay. necessarily the actual engine. I think. Yeah. It, I don't think the PS4 is capable of handling all of that. So I think they had to downres some of the textures just to get it to run well. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So, so like you, you do run into some weird situations. Like there, there was a scene I just played earlier today where like Aerith is looking at a flower bed, and the flowers look like shit. <laughs> oh. But like, but the, but then the, the strong detail on their faces are still there, and like I understand why they did it that way. Like okay, I get it. Still make the characters look good. Everyone, everything else. Would everyone is gorgeous. It's honestly distracting. Yeah, really, dude. <laughs> just like stopping. Like, like I'll stop and look at some of the characters' like facial features and stuff because it's so high detail. Everybody looks amazing. Yeah. Everybody's hot. Everybody in this yeah. game is hot. It's fucking yeah, really. It's fucking ridiculous, man. I swear to God. <laughs> I mean, they really went for it. All these characters are iconic now. So, like, oh, know. absolutely. They make the best possible version of them they can, and they sure went for it. Yeah. And uh, I spent a lot of time experimenting with the combat system. I like it quite a lot. It is uh, very, very, like, heavy action on the action RPG spectrum. Um, you can you hit X, pull up a command window to cast something or use an ability. And then uh, you have an ATB gauge, which is funny. That's that's uh, that's a callback to older games. But ATB. Yep, that's awesome. That's uh, introduced by Final Fantasy IV, by the way. An ATB gauge. No. And uh, so you build up those gauges. They're in our partitions. When you get a partition of it, you can use an ability or an item, which is very interesting. You can't just use items all willy nilly. You have to you have to spend a portion of your gauge to use an item makes things really interesting and yeah. sometimes uh, frustratingly That's difficult. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. If you're getting your ass romped by something and you need to heal, your ATB gauge goes up really slow if you're not attacking. So if you're trying to just like dodge something and you're waiting to get a heal up, it takes forever. Hmm. And that sucks. You can't just pause and do anything in the menu? No. You cannot use you cannot oh, use anything unless you cannot use anything except like do basic attacks unless you have a portion of the ATB gauge. Interesting. That's yeah. crazy. It's very very weird. I like it though. There's a lot of stuff you can do within it. It's not like it's not just like hit until gauge pops up. Use gauge. There's a lot of different stuff you can do. Um, each character has their own very unique play style. They're all made very well. Um, Cloud is your basic, like, kind of like hack and slash style sword guy, but he has this big thing where he switches to a mode called Punisher mode, and if he blocks a melee attack, he counterattacks. But you do, mm. you do moves in between switching on these modes. So, like his his normal mode called Operator mode is uh, like you move around faster, the combos are shorter, and you can roll around. When you're in Punisher mode. You cannot. You move really slow. You cannot. You cannot roll. But you have the counterattack system on there, and your attacks are a lot more devastating. 
So you kind of have to like play between switching between those things. That's really interesting. Yeah, and I'm also finding out you could cancel, kind of like in a fighting game, you could cancel like the ending lag of some animations with a special move. Wow. So like, okay. a, so like a basic combo that I do with with Cloud a lot, right? Is I'll do like uh, I'll do his basic combo, and then as soon as the fifth hit from his combo strikes, you usually have an ATB gauge, and you can hit L1 and pull up a quick menu of your abilities that's just the press of a button you activate it. And so like as soon as okay. that as soon as that fifth hit in his combo makes contact, you'll do like a big swing around on his sword, and it does a lot of damage, but it has a lot of end lag. You could cancel about half of your, half of that lag with a special move, so I'll cancel into like a in like a stabbing slash or something. And then it keeps the tempo moving. It's really cool. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And every character has like a different timing on when you want to do that kind of stuff. So far, my favorite that character. Makes sense. Yeah, it's awesome. And so far, my favorite character to play as is probably Tifa. She is so much fun. She's really fast. Her attacks are really fast. You know, punchies. And she mm-hmm. she has like a combo system. Where um, there's this ability you can activate that like ramps up its effectiveness the the longer you string along a combo, and then you can hit triangle to execute a finisher move, which will do more damage based on how long your combo was. And so like everything okay. about her is based on like linking these attacks together. And so like I, like I just unlocked this ability where. Uh, you activate it first, and then your basic attacks during your combo will do more damage. So I, I'm, I'm like figuring out this game flow where I'll use that move first, initiate a regular combo, use my power-up ability, initiate another regular combo, do a finisher, and then I can chain it with another finisher. And it does like astronomical amounts of damage if I could pull off the whole thing without getting hit. That's you, cool, that's cool. So... Uh, I have only ever watched I've, – I've probably only got up to, like, Chapter 2 when it comes to footage of this game. Do you kind of, like, just uh, – like, you have, like, one partner character with you no. as Cloud at multiple times? Or, like, do you just gain guys as you go through? You uh, I mean, at one point, the most I've had in my party so far is three people. It was uh, during the, the second uh, reactor raid. It's, you have yourself, Barrett, and Tifa. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, and then where I'm playing, where I just got done playing, it's just me and Aerith. That actually, that kind of lines up to how the original was, right. and then eventually you guys go back to the rest of the party. Eventually, right. yeah. And then eventually, after you have, all this stuff with Aerith, right? And then you have everybody together. Yeah, I'm assuming that uh, Red Thirteen might not even be playable in this game. Yeah, I, uh, I know that I, might be saved for the next game. I know he shows up at least. He's all over the promotional art. Well, yeah. Well, that makes sense, but like, I, I'm assuming the game ends not long after you would have added him to your party. Right. So, like, they might not even have him be playable, um, if I had to guess. So then after that, you have, like, you still have, like, fucking, what, four other party members, I think, that they're going to add in the other games? Yeah. It's crazy to think how this system is going to work with, like, I mean, it'll probably still be just like the three. Yeah, it'll still of your uh, choice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it looks like it's still going to be three people. You just switch it and out party members as you choose. Yeah, which is really neat. 
will be interesting to see because I, I really cannot wait to see, you know, Yuffie, Vincent, and uh, uh, why can't I think of the name, the character that's in every fucking Final Fantasy? Sid? Sid, yeah. Sid from FF7 is like one of my favorites. He's awesome. Uh, Sid is great in most yeah. games he's in. Like they they always do a good job with Sid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, and then there's that weird cat thing. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> so we'll see how they do that. Oh shit. Um, Game's so, weird. So like I don't know. I know originally Yuffie and Vincent are optional. However, I'm going to imagine they make you get them because like. Are they really going to make entire characters and entire backstories and entire side quests optional? There's this game to moves experience in, for the player. This game moves in too linear of a fashion for them to do that, and I, I don't necessarily. Yeah, I think so. I don't necessarily hate that either. I don't need this game to be extraordinarily open. It doesn't feel like Final Fantasy 13. We are just like walking down hallways. There's a lot of stuff to do, but it's only confined to chunks. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, I mean, I'm saying like major stuff like that will probably end up being in the sequels necessary part of the story. Yeah. I could see it at least. Yeah, because especially since they're taking this mantra of expanding on everything, like if I'm sure they're going to do like a whole expansion on each character. Because that's kind of like what they've been doing with this game. Each character has kind of had like big story moments with them. I'm hasn't happened for Barrett yet, but I know it's coming. <laughs> As Barrett starts to take more of a cloud. Happened after too, so we'll see how it goes. But like yeah, I, I definitely think they'll give him some stuff in this game. Yeah. Right now he's still like still like he's coming on to Cloud more, but like just like it was in the original game, he doesn't like Cloud at first. So I mean, it, Cloud doesn't like him. Yeah. Right. But Cloud yeah. doesn't seem to like anyone at first because <laughs> he's Cloud. Well Cloud pretends uh, to I, not like anybody, but Cloud likes a lot sure, of people. Okay. And it's what I such what I hate about Cloud, and like what, what kind of makes me like him more in this game is they didn't it, they didn't like expand on that too heavy in the original game, so he's just kind of like a dickhead to his party for most of the game. And uh, it's it's not yeah it's not presented in the best way in the original, right? And that's, that's why I never really liked Cloud. I like Cloud a lot in this game. Um, it, it's like in this they're really leaning into like. What we know is that he's kind of just pretending to be a badass. Yeah, um, just, yeah. <laughs> like from what we know, from like what ends up happening, or like his past that we don't know yet. Uh, but they're leaning into that a lot more, so it's more obvious and more uh, natural. Yeah, of a progression as it goes on. It's also funnier. Um, I like that a lot too. Cause yeah, because like, like so many of the party members just see right through it, and they just make fun of him for it the whole time. Especially Aerith. I mean, she kind of she kind of did that in the original too. But like, they lean into it even harder in this one, where she's like constantly making fun of him because she she knows like right away that he's actually a softy. So she's just like, that's awesome. She's just drilling him the whole time. It's really fucking funny. <laughs> I'm super glad that the game's good because you know, I mean, we just talked about worrying about Resident Evil Four, but like, I'm glad that they nailed this one. I think it's less of a big Herculean task because they had the opportunity to make it a completely different game. Yeah. And I think they did. Absolutely. And it, they could still fuck it up in the future because <laughs> there's other games too. But at least their first step seems to be a very good one. And 
I'm excited to see where it goes. Oh yeah, they did a fantastic job. Like I said, uh, I'm me being not that big of a fan of Final Fantasy VII. I am now a fan of Final Fantasy VII. Um, which well, is, which there you is, go. That's uh, the best compliment you could pay it. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying. That's why I like trying to tell people, like, hey, like this game's worth it. Like, if you could take if you take something I don't like, remake it and make me like it. It's a big step. It just adds so much, and it doesn't add anything that sucks, which is what I was worried about when this game was going to come out. It's like, yeah, they're adding all this fluff and, like, extra content. Is it just going to be, like, empty? Is it just going to suck? Are there going to be, like, annoying side quests? And no, they're, they're all pretty good. They're, they're, even the side quests are, like, fun to do. You get a lot of cool stuff from doing it. I, I did this one side quest for all these children. They just gave me this big-ass spiked bat to use as a weapon. Oh, oh, kids always be giving people instruments of death. Uh, you know, I always those kids. And these kids are like, this big-ass toad is in our, like, little secret hideout, and it's, like, terrorizing us. And Cloud's like, I don't work for free. What <laughs> <laughs> a dick. I know, it's so funny. And then, the kids, and then the kids are, like, complaining, and then he's like, you know, because Cloud's a softy. He was like, he thought about it for a while. He's like, I'll do it for three gil. Oh. <laughs> the kids are like, oh, what a bargain. And you come back, and they're like, well, we don't actually have three gil, but uh, I think this bat's worth three gil, and then they give it to you. Well, you know, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the way that the game uses weapons is really cool, too, because uh, each weapon has a specific ability tied to it. And once you've used the weapon enough, it like unlocks that ability to be used on any weapon. So like, that's oh, cool. Yeah, so like this the baseball bat had like this uh this ability that lets you like do a like a really strong attack before switching modes as cloud. So like you're in the regular mode, you use that attack, you do like this really strong hit and then you turn it into punisher mode. Like really seamlessly. And you can go vice versa oh, nice. with that move. And it's really fun to do with the baseball bat because the punisher mode on the baseball bat uh is just like you like swinging the bat like you're hitting a baseball really fucking hard. And like it knocks oh, enemies. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it like knocks enemies back and shit. It's really slow, but when you hit him with it, it does way too much damage. Well, really I'm fun. glad there's other weapons. I was I weren't I wasn't sure if that was going to be how that would work. Yeah, I mean, most weapons like as you're upgrading them, most weapons still end up weaker than the Buster Sword. But yeah. I like how it because of those abilities there, it encourages you to use different stuff to unlock those abilities. Sure, it's great. Awesome mechanic. I'm glad they did that because honestly, like, if it was just left the way it was without that, just looking at stats alone, be like, well, I'm just still going to use the Buster Sword. <laughs> right, yeah. But it, it is good encouragement to just, like, switch it up, use something different, and they all, and a lot of the weapons operate differently, too, which is nice. All right. But yeah, good video game. Play it. Well, when you beat that, we're going to talk again about it, because and hopefully by then I will have watched a playthrough, and uh, we can actually talk about what happens in the end, because I kind of know. <laughs> I, I kind of know. Yeah, we'll do like a spoiler thing. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'll probably be, at this rate, I'll probably be done by next week, because, you know, we're under quarantine, and I have nothing to do. So. That's fair, you know. <laughs> we'll see like, if I... Uh, you know, 
Yeah, I've just been streaming a lot with my... watch a playthrough by then. I probably could. Mm-hmm. I'm spending my quarantine uh, streaming a lot with my brother, twitch.tv slash Shepherd. Go watch that shit. Uh, we do a lot of uh, a lot of randomizer stuff. And that's fun. And then I enter Smash Yeah, I was tournament. watching you guys a couple days ago. That was fun. I kept uh, queuing up obnoxious YouTube videos to play during your guys' streams. Hell yeah. That was, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> we might be streaming tonight. I don't know yet. I I, have, I, I don't know. Okay. We might. I might be streaming after we're done with this. Once again, I have nothing else to do. So <laughs> I may be playing Control instead because yeah. I am excited about what is going to happen next in that game. Yeah, uh, I'm loving that game. Control is cool. Control is so cool. That's um, awesome. So like. Do you know anything about how that game works? How that game functions? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know a bit about like, like at least like the function of the combat system and like what's the, what the general plot is. Like I, I yeah, know that, I know that like you're you're, you're part of this this uh, government organization that like handles handles like paranormal stuff, and uh, yeah, it's it's the Federal Bureau of Control. Yeah, and they're a secretive, you know, X Files you know, esque organization that, uh, hides, uh, or, you know, contains, uh, these paranormal, uh, beings and objects, uh, usually objects that are like imbued with some kind of paranormal power. And, uh, your, your character is named Jessica Faden, and she's been searching for this agency for a while when the game starts and she finally has found it. Uh, and she finds like the mystical, like it, like it's like kind of like a magic building that like can disappear and shift and like all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, the, the bureau offices, but when she gets there, uh, she's looking for her missing brother who I guess, uh, was abducted by this organization in the past. And, uh, that storyline gets teased and explained as the game progresses. Uh, I still don't know all the answers as far as that goes. But when she gets there, the uh, the director of the FBC, uh, Zachariah Trench, uh, shoots himself in the head. And then you go in there and uh, see his body and pick up his uh, service weapon and... The service weapon is a paranormal object that is actually compared to Thor's hammer. It is like a weird gun that uh, binds to a user. So he's dead, so there's now no director for the FBC. And as soon as you grab it, you're the director of the FBC now. So, like, it was really cool walking into that office because, like, as you walk, you can see pictures of Director Trench on the walls. But as soon as you grab that gun and exit, your picture is there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Immediately. Cool. The shit's dope. So basically what's happening is one of the things that they were containing or controlling in this place was some kind of entity known as the Hiss. And uh, it's some kind of thing that uh, can massively 
infect and take over the minds of everyone in the building. Basically, there's only a couple people that have a device that lets them live. And even then they could still get killed by the infected people uh, just infects those people and makes them, you know, shoot at everyone else and kill them. And then there's a lot of people that are just like suspended in the air muttering. Uh, they're not directly controlled, but they are fucked up. So um, you're kind of as the new director going through and exploring this entire crazy building and uh, killing any hiss controlled guards of the FBC on your way. Uh, they just keep dropping in. And some of them are just like, you know, soldiers with guns. Some of them have like powers and they're floating around and shit. And you're at first you're mainly de defeating them with the service weapon, which is your main weapon in the game. And it's a gun with infinite ammo. It just has like a cooldown. So like you have like, you know, in the pistol mode, because there's modes, you got like, I guess, 12 shots or something like that. And when they're out, you have to like wait a second for it to cool down and then you can shoot again. But as you go through, you unlock modes and it changes the form of the weapon. And these it's kind of like these like little brick things that like just does it instantaneously. Okay. And you, you know, you get like a shotgun mode, basically, or like a machine gun mode or like a sniper mode. And they're all the same weapon. They're all tied to the same thing, That's neat. which is okay. really neat. Uh, so as you go through the game, uh, not only is there the hits to worry about, but there's... Uh, Oops, <laughs> what? which are uh, objects of power, and oh. these things are, uh, I think they're also called AWEs, which are like altered, no, that's like events that happen, altered world events, uh, but they're called objects of power because, you know, they're a thing that shouldn't exist, they're an oops, uh, you know, like, for instance, there will be, like, I think one of the first ones you find is, like, a floppy disk from the 1980s, one of those big, giant floppy disks. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, as you approach it, there's a bunch of dead bodies and shit around. You're like, okay. And it, it, it is floating in the air with a big, giant force field around it, and it is flinging objects around the room at you. And you're like, what? <laughs> uh, so you have to approach it. And you can bind it to your control. And now you have possession of this object and you gain a actual superpower out of it. And now you have the ability to pick up objects and throw them at enemies. And that increase like changes the combat and they continuously throw things like that at you for you to upgrade yourself. Uh, you find a thing uh, that lets you uh put up a shield you find a thing that lets you like jump and hit us i think circle to like boost forward real quick like a, like a bit of like a dash move uh and all kinds of other shit and i'm sure i'm gonna find a couple as the game goes on and uh so you upgrade yourself to make yourself more formidable against the enemies that are attacking this place as you get deeper and deeper and try to find you know like out, you know, how to stop this and also information about her brother, because that's why she was really here in the first place. Right. Uh, she also has some kind of like ghost entity in her head, but that hasn't been explained yet. I get like, you know, kind of like uh, beyond two souls kind of vibes. Like every now and then she like talks to herself in her head 
And it's like, oh, you're leading me here, are you? And like stuff like that. And I don't know what's up with that yet. Um, I'll, I'm assuming they'll explain it. Uh, something definitely happened between her and this organization. And although she is now currently the director, uh, she is distrustful of this organization. <laughs> um, and as you go through, you find like all all sorts of files. Like I'm not even halfway through the game and I've probably found like 100 files of just, you know, correspondence between members of the bureau and, you know, little uh, video files explaining uh, these weird paranormal phenomenons and uh, all kinds of weird shit. There was even like uh, these weird uh, puppet show ones that I found, these video files that were like a children's puppet show designed to like explain these concepts to like kids that were living at the bureau. Okay. And they're creepy as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I already don't like puppets that much anyway. Like it creeped me out, but like, they, they man, it's some le- creepy shit. Yeah, puppets uh, <laughs> can be legitimately terrifying. I don't blame you on that. <laughs> There's lots of, and so like, as you keep going through, you keep finding like weird, interesting files and interesting stories about paranormal events and it's really cool it's kind of like uh scp foundation the game basically uh there's just like all these weird things they were trying to contain and control and now that there is a formidable force that has got out and got loose now everything's compromised you got to kind of like set things right as much as you can (sighs) and i'm having a lot of fun with it and i'm excited to play more i'll probably report back once i uh you know, beat the fucking thing. Um, now, it's also interesting to note that uh, this is a Remedy game, and Remedy has kind of instituted with this game a shared universe of all their properties, and it's very heavily hinted that the second DLC coming pretty soon, I think the first DLC just came out. Uh, I've yet to buy it. I'm going to wait till I beat the game. Uh, but the second DLC is going to go into Alan Wake stuff because Alan Wake is in this universe and he is a file in the game. There's a file about the Alan Wake incident that happened in the first game. And it's heavily suggested that their other games are also in this universe, which uh, may or may not include uh, Quantum Break. And Alan, and uh, I'm sorry, not Alan Wake, uh, Mad Max. No, sorry, not Mad Max. Max Payne. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Max Payne, which, like, I, I think Max Payne isn't even owned by Remedy anymore, but there's hints about it. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do with that. I mean, I guess Rockstar is just sitting on the property. So, like, maybe they can get Mad Max back. I said it again. I, I My mind instantly goes to Mad Max when I'm thinking That's about weird. the name Max. I don't know. Max Payne. <laughs> Which I've never played those. Should I do that? I've, I've heard uh, that they're something. They're fun. Uh, I don't know how the how well the first two have aged now. Damn, Max yeah, that's Payne, the thing. Max Payne 3 is a really fucking good video game. I'd consider playing that one at the very least. I know that's a Rockstar game and it's supposed to be pretty dang good. Yeah. Short, though, I've heard. Yeah, but uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> right. But yeah, anyway, that's uh, it's been one of the games I've been playing. I've been playing that, and uh, 
you know, a couple things here and there. Phoenix Wright, which I've probably talked about already on this anyway. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we dive into the movie? No, I'm good, dude. That, all I've done is play Final Fantasy, bro. <laughs> I guess that's true. I don't know. <laughs> you know, hey. Um, yeah, I don't know. Screw it. Let's talk about this stupid movie. Um, so, so, all right. <laughs> I, when I, when I initially started, uh, when we rolled Batman, spun Batman, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we included all the, uh, the side characters movies as well? Cause that would bring the total up a little higher and would give us a little bit of diversity. Like we'd have to watch the bad Catwoman movie. And we'd also have to watch the walking Phoenix Joker movie. And I didn't really consider <laughs> that we have to watch teen Titans go. <laughs> when, when I started that. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, this one counts, I guess, cause Robin's the main character, but it's very far removed from anything resembling Batman. Except for like references and jokes. No, Batman's in it. Yeah. Oh, he's in it. Yeah. yeah. So when we so when we first started this, Robin, aka Dick Grayson, Dick. Uh, was the was the young sidekick to Bruce Wayne, and you know, like we saw him in Batman sixty six, and then later in like Forever and Batman and Robin as the Chris O'Donnell version. Uh, we even saw him in Lego. Uh, as basically the '60s version, uh, but um, but in the comics he was allowed to grow up and become a teenager, and now he's been forever, you know, just probably a guy in his 20s. But they were allowed him to grow up a little bit. He's not a 12 year old anymore, um, and he got to form the Teen Titans, which is a sort of Justice League for sidekicks. And then in the 1980s, uh, you have Marv Wolfman writer and George Perez artist and they revamped the Teen Titans and that would end up defining them for basically forever like their run on Teen Titans is the most celebrated uh, one of the most celebrated in all of comics really they introduced like basically everything that anyone knows about Teen Titans they introduced you know they let Robin grow out of the Robin persona and become Nightwing they introduced Cyborg, Raven, and Starfire, and then they moved Beast Boy, uh, who was in the Doom Patrol at the time, over to the Teen Titans. And, uh, you know, this lineup, uh, as well as Deathstroke being the key villain, uh, would endure for years, uh, eventually resulting in that popular Teen Titans cartoon in the mid-2000s, the anime art-style Teen Titans cartoon. Uh, This was developed... By Glenn Murakami, who started out as a Batman animated series storyboard artist before producing Batman Beyond. And Sam Register, who is now the president of Warner Brothers Animation and executive produces Teen Titans Go. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the voice cast because it has endured and is still the one we have today, which is crazy. That's, that's wild. Um, I'm 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 glad that they didn't recast anybody, but I think it helps the joke that Teen Titans Go even exists uh, work. But anyway, um, you got Scott Menville as Robin. Uh, a couple things I noticed that he was in <laughs> that it popped out to me. 
Uh, you remember a pup named Scooby Doo? Oh my god! He was red herring. <laughs> oh, who <laughs> was a joke they used in every episode? Fred always thought it was red herring. Did the crime? Uh, and he was also voiced soldiers in Metal Gear Solid Three and Metal Gear Solid: The Twin Snakes, and he has a very distinct voice. Oh, like yeah. his Robin voice is like, I can hear it in those games, <laughs> and I've heard it like elsewhere as well because his that's a, a distinctive voice that he does. Uh, you got Kari Payton as Cyborg. Um, he's super iconic, of course, as this character. You know, booyah and all that. Uh, but a couple things. Um, so he has a, a prominent live action role now as Ezekiel on the walking dead. Um, but I also noticed that he voiced a uh, Drebin in metal gear solid four. And I just fucking got done listening to him in Arkham Knight as, as Rael right. or as Zazel. And he's in both city and night. <sighs> he's got a definitive voice. I, I like his voice a lot. Uh, you got Hayden Walsh as Starfire. Yep. Um, I, uh, she uh, is Princess Bubblegum and uh, that fucking thing from Chalk Zone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the thing I'm talking about. A Penny was that character's name. Uh, you got Greg Sipes as Beast Boy. And that's basically the thing he's most well known for. I did notice it was Michelangelo before the recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot, which makes sense. He does that kind of voice. The fucking like basically like, you know, stoner character. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then you got Tara Strong as Raven and Tara Strong has been in like basically everything. Uh, she's like one of the most popular female voice actors in the entire like span of animation. Yeah. Um, she's been Batgirl. She's been bubbles from Powerpuff Girls. She's been Timmy Turner. She's been twilight sparkle. <laughs> she's been Harley Quinn. Uh, not the first one, but she is Harley Quinn now, basically. Uh, she was Riku from final fantasy 10. How about that shit? And, uh, you know, just because I wanted to list every single metal gear, uh, she was pause from, uh, ground zeros and, the Phantom Pain. Oh, and, and uh, po- uh, the fuck's the side one? The one that came before? Uh, Peace Walker. That's what it was. And that's uh, one the yeah. pause came from. So that's your voice cast, and that's still your voice cast in Teen Titans Go! and the movie. But how did that even happen? Um, <laughs> so, so that original show was a huge critical success. Yeah. Uh, it's, it had mature storylines sourced and adapted mainly from the Wolfman and Perez comics. And eventually the show came to an end in 2006 after like five seasons in a movie, a TV movie. Um, and the fandom of that show was really huge and obsessive. And they were begging for more Teen Titans episodes ever since it ended. So then it comes time in uh, 2012, the Cartoon Network has this programming block called DC Nation, where they're showing, you know, a lot of shows that don't exist anymore, like um, whatever Batman show they were on at the time and uh, the Green Lantern CGI show and a bunch of bunch of stuff that doesn't exist anymore. But in between those shows in this block, they showed shorts, uh, several shorts involving DC characters. 
And a few brief shorts were titled The New Teen Titans, and they were starring the original cast, and these shorts were basically like the the prototype Teen Titans go. They were exactly the same. They were meant to be a joke. They were meant to be a brief parody, you know, just like two or three minutes long. And they proved to be incredibly popular, so Cartoon Network decided to greenlight Teen Titans Go! And that premiered in 2013, uh, developed by Michael Jelinek, who previously worked on uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold and that Thundercats reboot from 2011. Uh And Aaron Horvath, who, you know, he was an animator who rose to the role of a director when working on uh, Cartoon Network's uh, Mad based on Mad Magazine. And it starred the original cast. And this is kind of like the interesting thing when it comes to like the fandom of something that we can talk about a bit. Everyone's like, come on, we need more Teen Titans, more Teen Titans, more Teen Titans. And then they get more Teen Titans, but it's like a shit post joke. And then everybody's like, ha, that was funny. And then Cartoon Network's, okay, all right, here's more Teen Titans then, but it's that stuff. And now... The Phantom has turned on it, and it's like, this sucks. Yeah, they we want it. Teen Titans to be how it was, you know? More mature, less of a shitpost joke. <laughs> and, then, and then what's really funny to me is that they were like, okay, here's your live-action Teen Titans show. It's super edgy. <laughs> it's super dark. Robin says fuck Batman in it. Whoa, <laughs> and every and, and everyone hates that. Well, yeah, because it sucks. <laughs> it's so funny to me how like this goes. <laughs> now I personally, you know I don't mind Teen Titans Go. I don't actively try to watch it. I'm not a huge fan or anything, but the couple times I have watched an episode, I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. It's not as good as the original, which was actually like a solid show. But for what it's designed to be, it's fine. It's okay. I I wasn't like going into this. I've watched. Yeah, I like like you. I've only watched like passing episodes. Yeah. And like I think it's okay. Uh, Like it never. I don't know. Like it never. I don't think like fully achieves what it's going for. It's never like a truly like entirely clever like shitpost show. It just kind of like. Sometimes adventures a little too far into like either ridiculousness or just like they ex- they expand on something that's already not funny and they make it less funny. Yeah, they they do that a lot. Uh, the couple episodes I've seen kind of ran jokes into the ground. Yeah. Like I uh, I watched one where Beast Boy and Cyborg made waffles, and that was like the entire joke of the episode was that they liked waffles, and they just sang about waffles for 11 minutes basically and like i was just like okay why (laughs) like why though it's kind of like that attempt to be like lol so random humor uh when i wish it was more like something like lego batman consistently where it was superhero parody yeah of these dc characters and sometimes it's that, and sometimes they do fun stuff, but, like, it's not enough. It's because it has a more broad appeal as just a show for kids now. The dedicated audience is kids, not people that grew up with the original show. Yeah. And that's kind of where that, you know, that uh, 
divide in the fan base comes from. Mm-hmm. But the show was super successful with kids. Cartoon Network started showing it like, you know, God, more than anything else on their fucking network. If you if you turn on Cartoon Network right now, there's a chance that it's on. <laughs> if you're if you're listening to this before Adult Swim starts, of course. Uh, so like it was popular enough that you get a feature film proposed. And so now we're getting a Teen Titans movie, but it's not live action and it's not based on the good Teen Titans show. It's based on this. Your first Teen Titans movie is this for all time, which is strange. The strange course of events. <sighs> this movie was released in July of 2018, written by series writers and developers Jelinek and Horvath, who I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Directed by Horvath with Peter Rita Mikhail, who's a character designer and director from the show. And uh, I think we could probably just start talking about what even what even happens in it, what it's even about. I have a large list of cameos, but I'll get to them as we go. Yeah. So this is this is probably even going to be quicker than the last recap because this there is a like I was kind of mentioning earlier. There's a lot of uh, fluff in this movie, and by fluff, a I lot mean of it like, is an excuse to pack jokes in. The actual plot of the movie is so simple that you can say it in like like a few sentences. <laughs> um, right. which is fine. Cause it's a, it's a comedy. Like I, I don't expect it to ha- be like, you know, Whoa, that story yeah. necessarily. But... Well, no, that, that, that's not, that's also not necessarily what I mean. Whereas like, yeah, the okay. plot is light, but there's also just like, there is an excessive amount of, uh, elongated jokes, um, musical numbers, like way too many in my opinion. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, it, it's front loaded too. Like if it was a, like a standard like a parody of like the Disney musical animated musical you know something like the South Park movie yeah. kind of was yeah uh that would make more sense for there to be this many songs but really it's front loaded and like after the first half hour you barely hear songs anymore yeah so that kind of stuck out to me as like a weird <laughs> problem this movie has. <laughs> Yeah, like we got to keep people's attention. Time for a song early in the movie, and then the, the rest of it doesn't have any. Yep. So the movie kicks off. We got we got <laughs> Bubble Man, big big bubble robotish guy. I don't know. This is Balloon Man. Balloon Man. Uh, I want to say Bubble Man. Balloon Man. He's voiced by Greg Davies, who's a British stand-up comedian. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this is a real character, but you know, knowing DC. It probably is. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, honestly, it probably is. Like, yeah. like from in Lego Batman and Joker named all of Batman's villains. And the guy was like, I'm pretty sure you made those up. And he's like, no, they're real. Google it. And like, <laughs> yeah, you know, this seems like a made up villain, but they probably didn't. Um, so whatever the Teen Titans show up to stop him. Yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, and they, they they attack for a little bit, and then like he knocks them away, and they're on a building. And then he makes fun of the, uh, Blue Man, makes fun of them, says that they're fucking because he doesn't know who he, he doesn't know who they are. Yeah, and then they're like, he, they don't know who we are. They sing the Teen Titans song. Great, 
that they play a couple times throughout this movie. Teen Teen Titans, the Titans, the Teen Titans. It's in my head now. A lot of these songs are super repetitive. They're catchy. They did it on purpose, but like, I wouldn't. I would not say that they're good. No. <laughs> Uh, uh, like like each member has a rap to introduce themselves, and I was just like, oh, my God. It's heavy cringe. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then while they're doing that, they don't realize what's happening. The Justice League shows up and defeats him. This is super important to mention. The voice of Superman is Nicolas Cage. That's, and yeah, I, I know I picked up on that. That's inspired. <laughs> he finally got to be Superman after all these years. It's in this, <laughs> but he got to do it. Um, and I think he pulls it off pretty well. He doesn't like overact anything, really. He's just playing the character as it's written. Yeah. Uh, all the Justice League members are like weird cameos. Like, I'm trying to remember who else shows up here with him. I think it's Wonder Woman. It's Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. Wonder Woman is Halsey, which is weird. That is weird. Yeah. Uh, and even weirder, possibly, the Green Lantern. It's the John Stewart Green Lantern. Yeah. Uh, that's a uh, fucking little Yachty. Yeah, he also has a song at the end of the movie. <laughs> he sings Does the he? Movie. That's, no, okay. That's a little Yachty at the credits song. <laughs> that makes sense. That's that's how you that's how you cross promote. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I think they say something along the lines of like, you know, we had to take care of the problem while you guys were fucking singing and dancing like idiots. Yeah. Cause like they a, did. Yeah. <laughs> and they have to go to a movie premiere for Batman's new movie. And the movie gets a little meta. Uh, all the superheroes have movies now. And that's like a real thing that happens in universe, in the superhero universe. Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, yeah, all the superheroes are getting movie. Green Lantern got one, but we don't we don't talk about that, (laughs) (laughs) which got a giggle from me. I think it was the first thing in the movie that made me laugh. Yeah, same. Um, Which like that whole big opening part didn't do much oh you mean me. that that uh i mean that part where would beast boy pokes the, his butt and it <laughs> farts for like literally 45 seconds you didn't think that was funny no it's just a fart yeah it's, <laughs> it lasts way too long like like let's talk about fluff it's like mm-hmm. they drug it out for so long yeah so many like jokes and musical numbers are just drugged out <sighs> So I believe, uh, you know, they go to Batman's movie premiere. Yes. And uh, by the way, Batman doesn't say a whole lot of words in this, which I believe is like a a running joke on this series. He barely says anything. Yeah. But uh, the words that he does say in this movie are Jimmy Kimmel, which is weird. Uh, (laughs) What the fuck? Like some of these uh, castings of cameos are funny to me uh, and inspired casting, but some of them I'm just like, what? Why? Why yeah. Be <laughs> like, like Lil Yachty uh, is Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> <Like> yeah. <what>? <laughs> <laughs> How weird. But uh, 
they're not allowed in to the premiere. Yep, because they're not on the uh, list. There's, there's a guard that won't let them in who appears a couple times in the movie. He's voiced by John DiMaggio, Bender himself, um, who is in like a more than that, but that's like his most well-known role for sure. Yep, and they're like, well, how do we get in? And Raven's like, portal. I'm like, okay, and they go through a portal. They use that joke five times. Any joke that happens in this movie, it's a fair chance that it's going to be reused a couple times later. Which, like, I, I guess that's like a comedy thing, uh, uh, but it's not utilized well, you know, to repeat something so that it is funnier later. Like, the, the rule of three or whatever. Yeah. You know? do something, then do it again, then do it a third time, and then it's, like, super funny because it's, like, a callback or whatever, but it never really succeeds in this movie. No, not once. Because it's not even funny the first time. Right. <laughs> so they get into the movie premiere, and, uh, uh-oh, they don't have anywhere to sit. I I do like this joke. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is a fun Cause... one. Because... The challengers of the unknown, like the the initial joke is that even they got in, but they're unknown. How did they get in? So <laughs> um, they steal their seats. Like Raven just transports them to like the fucking black nothing dimension that she can transport people to, and they're they're just there for the rest of the movie, which is super cruel, yeah, <laughs> and mean. Uh, I, I really liked when this movie got super cruel and mean-spirited with its humor uh that was successful to me the the poop and bathroom jokes didn't really do anything i don't really find that funny right uh it i mean your circumstances have to be specific because you know i've heard a fart and poop joke about i don't know 300,000 times in my life <laughs> like let's be real yeah um you got to do something special to get me lad to laugh at a poop joke. Come on. Right. Yeah. But anyway, so, so they, they steal their seats. Yeah. And then, then we get some movie previews and plays a joke about Rob. And he's like, oh, but she's the kind of looks like him. And he's like, oh, am I finally going to get a movie? And it's Alfred the movie. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, that'll probably just actually happen at some point. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, but then they do one about the Batmobile. <laughs> Batmobile the movie. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, no, what the Batmobile? And then finally they they play ham it up. Go like, oh, it's Batman's best friend. It's Utility sidekick. belt the movie. Yeah. He jumps up on the stage and... Uh, and starts like, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting my movie. And then everybody in the audience laughs at him and runs him out of the theater. Yeah. So Robin's entire character of this movie is that he feels left out and forgotten and like a nobody because they won't give him a superhero movie when they're giving literally every Batman's utility belt a movie. Uh, and he wants a movie, but it seems more like... He wants a movie for just him and not necessarily a Teen Titans movie. Right. And that'll come up later, I suppose. Uh, so 
I think everything that happens from this point. Or no. Well, the first thing that happens is necessary. The rest of it's not. Uh, They go to the movie studios to try and, you know, convince uh, the director of all these films, who is known as Jade Wilson. Well, Uh, I think even before that, don't they don't they meet uh, don't they meet good old Slade Wilson for the first time? They do. That's right, because they uh, get the idea that they need a villain that is good enough for them to get a movie like they need an arch nemesis. Right. So they go to fight Slade, uh, who like, I don't know why he's in both, but he's voiced by fucking Will Arnett, who is also in Lego Batman as Batman. Right. But he's not Batman here. Uh, I just, it's weird that he's in both in a prominent role. Um, both of the fucking superhero parody animated films in this series. <laughs> yeah. Uh I I liked his role though. I liked his interpretation of Deathstroke as a, you know, kind of just like dweeb, really. Yeah. Uh he, he's just like, you know, just like thinks he's uh way smarter than he is. He's just like, you know, I'm a master of manipulation. They have manipulation real big on the screen as he says it. And uh, he, he that means he basically just tells them to look over there and they do. And then he runs away. Right. Um, <laughs> which actually is like, kind of funny because they build it up so much. Yeah. They, they, that's the thing where he like takes a rubber pencil and then like. Like, kind of like shows that looking like a straight pencil, and he bends it, and they freak out. Oh yeah, he does the thumb thing. We're yeah. like, "Whoa, my thumb is detached!" And they're like, "Ah." <laughs> but yeah, that was that was kind of funny. I, I was cool with that. I was like, "All right, yeah." These, like, kind of just like we show like pushing it, hoping these kids are idiots. Yeah. So he's like, "Yeah, you guys aren't even close to an actual villain for me to fight." So you know, later. And he, by the way, he steals a he steals like a crystal thing because he's able to do it because all the superhero Batman's movies here, so there's nobody to stop besides the Teen Titans, and they fail to stop him. Right. So, or at least do they, or do they not? Maybe they stop him later in the movie. I'm yeah, trying to they remember. Don't, they don't stop him now. He gets away. He doesn't. He doesn't look behind them. There's this really overblown thing where they're like struggling to not look behind them, and then they do, and then he runs away. Yes, that's right. And they go back to their HQ, and Robin's all depressed. Yes, because he can't he can't get his arch nemesis, he can't get his movie. Then he like takes a nap and has a fucking weird ass dream that's like a redo of the first scene, of Lion King. I forgot that this happened. Yeah, there's a lot of moments in this movie that have a different animation style. Yeah, than the standard Teen Titans Go art style. And this is one of them. It's designed to be drawn like the Lion King, like a Disney movie. Uh, it's super weird. I don't know why. Like, basically, like, Batman, like, hoists up Robin, like, Rafiki hoisted up Simba over yeah. the rock. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, everybody boos. And yeah. then he, like, just tosses him. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
it they had to have I don't know. It's a weird excuse to get to the point where Batman throws Robin off the cliff, but at least we got to that point. Right. Because that is funny. But um and then, then he wakes up and like the Teen Titans like made a movie for him to make him feel better, but it doesn't because Robin's an asshole. You know it does make uh, him feel better though? A really uh, long musical number. Yes. Um so this segment is like a I forget what the actual song is. It's just like making making fun of like eighties ballads basically. Yeah, it's just like, you know, you gotta get your shit together kind of song and you know, let's go for a cross country drive and like it, it's presented like it's you know, a, a dream sequence music video. There's a, a rainbow like white tiger singing the song and playing like a guitar. This tiger is voiced by Michael Bolton. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, and and the song is by Michael Bolton. Yeah, and uh, you know he kind of like just like ever since they did that uh, Jack Sparrow uh, Lonely Island video, he's kind of just embraced his status as like more of a meme than an actual musician, yeah. um, which is funny. <laughs> uh, so he's in this too, and like. My favorite joke in this movie that happens after this segment because the tiger finishes the song and then they're just driving the car and then they run over the tiger. He just like appears in the street and they just run him over. <laughs> and he's like, oh, wait, and they run him over. And I think like it's implied that he's dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Cyborg says... I think his dad's a cop. Run! (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, yeah, that's probably the peak of this entire movie for me. It didn't get much better than that. and It got worse. But, like, (laughs) that was actually... I wish this movie could be more consistently funny, because I know they can do it. Yeah. Because there's stuff like that, which is so bizarre... And awkward and, and probably not a joke for kids necessarily at all right. that um I know they're capable of and I wish they could have uh, injected this movie with a little more instead of just, you know, haha poop. I agree. So what what happened next? So now they get to the movie studio. Yeah. And they get greeted at the door by the same exact guard. And then oh, here comes the, the joke again. They just use a portal to get in. Uh, get it. They could have just used a portal to not go on the drive there. What? Don't no, don't don't. <laughs> they need an excuse to run that guy over, okay? No, that's fine. Yeah. Cartoon logic, yeah. So then they get into the movie studio and you you have uh, There's lots of cameos here. Uh one that I will mention is uh they like step on the Adam. Yeah. I think they stepped on him earlier in the movie too at the movie premiere. Um and the Adam is voiced by Patton Oswalt because, of course, he's in this. Of course, he gets to be a voice. Yeah. Uh, I think we see Aquaman here. Uh, Aquaman's voiced by Eric Bauza. Not Bowser, but B-A-U-Z-A. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's the voice of the current Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and a couple other Looney Tunes characters. Obviously, like, you know, Mel Blanc did all of them until like whenever he died. But now it's split between several people. So he's the current Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. 
who was at the beginning in the movie where he would just, you know, went crazy on the WB logo. Oh, yeah. Okay. I guess they're making new Looney Tunes as a sidebar, and this is, like, strange to me. Um, Like, they're actually, like, des- like, they're coming to that HBO Max, and they're designed to be, like, just the same, like, just seven-minute shorts Looney Tunes. Like, the same style as the 50s and 60s Looney Tunes. That's really weird. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Because every time they try to, like, redo Looney Tunes, it's always, like, not quite right. Um, like, I'm not even someone that likes Space Jam. I, some of my friends uh, berate me for that sometimes because they're like, it's still good. And I'm like, ah, it's like a commercial movie i don't know what the fuck you want from me but space jam is definitely not a good movie no i don't think so i prefer uh back in action actually which isn't even that good of a movie but it's joe dante directing it and there's some fucking inspired crazy shit in that movie oh yeah but but like uh um like you know they tried that like show that was like more like it was seinfeld where they were like living together in like an apartment And, and like uh they they did a uh, kind of shorts again recently before this other new reboot. Like, I, I mean, there's only so much you can do with it to make it fresh and new. I, I don't know what, how many times you got to try. Uh, maybe the best attempt will be this new one. That's just like, okay, let's just make, you know, the same shit. <laughs> basically like trying to approach it from different angles has not really worked well in the past yeah but anyway superhero film <laughs> oh yeah what we're watching one of we watched one of those oh, shit i forgot <laughs> i just want to talk about something different i'm sorry <laughs> so so they're filming batman v superman 2 and they make a martha joke oh i i appreciated that um, like my mommy's Martha, my mommy's Martha too. Wait, my mommy's Thomas. No, wait, my mommy's my, no, my, my daddy's Thomas. No, my daddy's Jonathan. And then they fight again. <laughs> uh, yep. And then Robin walks up to her and, and asks for a movie. Time for another fucking song. Yeah, it's my movie, my movie, my superhero movie. It's terrible. It's just really, really long musical number. It's really bad. I liked some of the visuals in it. There's like references to, uh, you know, the animated series, the movie Batman um, with like, you know, the when the bat wing was against the moon in the original 89 Batman. Yeah. It does the same thing, except it's like an R or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just like a bunch of stuff. Robin's idea of what a movie about him would be is basically Batman. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, oh, I would be a billionaire. That my secret identity would be a billionaire. And I would be, you know, awesome and beat up bad guys. Like it's and then obviously his pitch doesn't work. And she's just like, yeah, fuck off. By the way, Jade Wilson is Kristen Bell, which is which is weird because like I was half assuming it to to be like, you know, 
I, as a comic book fan, the twist in this movie is obvious because yeah. I already know this person's named Jade Wilson and Deathstroke is Slade Wilson. Right. Uh, but it, they only referred to him as Slade. They didn't say Wilson. Uh, but like, you know, obviously it's for kids who might not know this information. <laughs> but like I was like, oh, well, duh, this is going to happen later. <laughs> um but I was half expecting it to be like I, it didn't sound like Will Arnett, but like I was I was surprised that it was actually someone as famous as Kristen Bell voicing, which is what is basically a disguise for another character entirely. But anywho, she says no. And now the Teen Titans all have a plan, which uh, this is basically just. 20 minutes of the movie that don't have to happen, but I'm glad it does happen because I think it's my favorite bit of the movie. But it is completely unessential. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Where, like, they decide that, you know, she says, I wouldn't, you know, I would only use you guys if no other superheroes. Uh, So they go back in time with time machines that they just get. Uh, or even just has them, apparently. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and they're like little, like little kid tricycles. Yeah, <laughs> that you have to pedal really fast, and they literally play the fucking Back to the Future theme. Uh huh. And they have to like go fast and do rad tricks as um, as uh, uh, Take on Me plays. <laughs> um, for some reason, yeah, for whatever reason, and then they go back in time, and their goal is to make it so that none of the superheroes existed. So you know, they go back to Krypton and make it so that you know the planet doesn't blow up, and Superman gets to stay there. Yep, they throw away Wonder Woman's lasso. They kill Aquaman. <laughs> they kill Aquaman. <laughs> They like that's what I'm saying. Like the mean spirited stuff, I liked. I wish there was more of that. They they throw like one of those like uh, cans of soda of plastic things in the ocean. It just captures Aquaman. He's like, oh god, he chokes to death. <laughs> yeah, um, and they, uh, you know, uh, I liked the Batman one a lot because they tell them not to go down Crime Alley. Fuck's sake. Yeah. It's called Crime Alley. Go down Happiness Lane or, or whatever, and it's yeah. like the opposite. Uh, and they're like, oh, okay. Um, so they do all this, and then they go back to the present, and the world is a horrible apocalyptic wasteland, completely overrun with villains with nobody to stop them, just blowing up everything. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah. That makes sense. All right, we have to fix that. And they go back. And now it's even more cruel in some respects because they have to <laughs> re-fuck up things that they fixed. <laughs> yeah, so they just, like, you just set Krypton they, up to blow up again. Yes. <laughs> the Batman one is so fucking dark because they just push the Waynes back into Crime Alley and you hear them getting shot off screen. 
And like Robin gives like a big fucking smile and a big thumbs up as like <laughs> Bruce like watches his parents get gunned down. <laughs> And like it's so fucked up i was happy about that i don't know um but then like it was just a complete you know side quest it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie because that plan didn't work yeah so once they fix everything and go back they're like all right well that didn't work Let's stop Slade again, I guess. Yeah, that's what happens next. Slade (laughs) charges up this crystal, and then they show up to take it back off of him. Yeah. And they succeed, actually. They they get it. They get the crystal, and Raven, like, teleports it into their vault or whatever. Uh, But then he is able to get away. Yep. After he like talks to Robin and like like kind of like convinces him that like he kind of has to be let go because that's how arch nemesises work. If you capture me this time, then I won't get to be your arch nemesis in the future. I have to get away. That's how Batman and the Joker works and stuff like that. So Robin hesitates and then he's able to run away. Mm-hmm. Yep. And. But this is when he hatches his plan to, well, I need to split them in down the middle and isolate Robin from the Teen Titans because they are more formidable than I thought because they're, you know, super annoying or whatever he says. Yeah. And uh, so he initiates a plan to split them up. Yep. Uh, which he starts when uh, I guess Robin... Does Robin get a call to be in the movie? Or? Yeah, he gets a call from Jade Wilson to tell him to come back down to the studio. Yes. And so so they, they run on down to the studio. She tells him there's going to be a Teen Titans movie. And then immediately all the Titans start, like, doing up to some bullshit. They, they yeah. all shit in a fake toilet. Mm-hmm. They literally all shit in a toilet. <laughs> what a great joke. Yeah. Um you get the sense that like they're all assholes, which is fine for humor, but it's to the point where it's annoying a bit at this segment because they they decide to just do pranks on every superhero while Robin's filming the movie and just be general asshole. Right. And just eat a bunch of food and be ne'er do wells <laughs> and like okay. It's also at this point that I I really got irritated with Beast Boy and Starfire, just how they talk. Yeah. Um, it it gets super grating and annoying after this long it's with like, these characters. It's it's an it's an elongated megatrope, dude. You do not <laughs> yeah, have to take like, it that far. <laughs> like every single line Starfire has to says is like, "We are of the Earth," you know. Like she has to say everything. Like she doesn't know how to talk because she's an alien. And then everything Beast Boy says has to be, like, super, like, fucking, like, I I don't know how to phrase it. Like, wheeze be out here, yo. And, like, everything, like, it's just, like, forced, like, 
60 year old white men writing how they think the kids talk these days. Right. Kind of speak. And it's super annoying. It's terrible. I, it's probably my, like the worst thing about this movie to me besides, I guess like the fucking shit joke. But anyway, um, yeah, they ruin everything for, cause they like prank Superman into thinking that Lois Lane is in trouble and he flies away. Yep, and then they eat all and, food. And then they, yeah, and then they just, like, fucking throw kryptonite at him. <laughs> I, I thought that part was funny. <laughs> it just... was. They had, a, they had a kryptonite party. <laughs> <laughs> and they, like, put a bunch of kryptonite in a blender and, like, put on party hats. And, like... and they were just, like, dumping it on him. <laughs> yeah, and he's, like, fucking, like, twitching and shit. <laughs> and, like... Again, the cruel stuff is funny. But anyway... Uh, that ruins things for Robin. And they're like, well, I'm not going to make a Teen Titans movie now. And he's like, oh, no. She's like, but I would make a Robin movie. Yep. And all the while, they discover in this room something that literally says Doomsday Device on it. Yeah. She's like, no, that's a bad name. It's not a Doomsday Device. It's just like Netflix. It's it's an acronym for something. I forget. Uh directly ordering blah 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 uh some kind of streaming service yeah because they like destroy that and then she's like pissed and kicks them out of there after they've done everything else too yeah and then robin decides to you know do the movie instead of be with his friends and she you know they start to film the movie and uh all these stupid things. Yeah, we got like a couple like uh, dumb like little movie joke things. Um, I don't know. This this part's kind of fluffed up. Yeah, there's a segment well, where like he's a lot like, of the movie. Yeah, there's a segment where he's like tired and he sits on a bench and then he's like thinking about his friends and she comes out like, oh, they're all doing great. I called them. <laughs> yeah, just lies. I, I I like where they suggest that they're all gonna go. Like uh, that part was funny because. Um, Earlier in the movie, they talk about, like, where they were before Robin formed the Teen Titans. And, like, Beast Boy says that he was in a dumpster. Yeah. And, and like, you know, Raven was with her, you know, evil dad. But, like, my favorite one was Cyborg because he said he was what he, he was a football player. And they're like, well, that doesn't sound that bad. And he's like, yeah, but, like. CTE. CTE, though. Yeah. <laughs> So then, like, when they all break up, he's like, I'm just going to go back to be a successful sports player. <laughs> like, <laughs> like him, him going back and being defeated is still going back to a successful career. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so they the, the plan is hatched. And then what happens is there's a scene where... Robin has to access the Teen Titans vault and uh, put in a code. And before he puts in the code, a light falls and clonks him on the head. And then he wakes up and she's like, oh, okay, are you okay? Like, let's shut down production. He's like, no, I can still do the scene. She's okay, professional. And then he puts in the code and goes in the vault. And he's like, wow, this is really realistic. And she's like, yeah, because it is. And, like, while he was knocked out, she transported him to the real Teen Titans Tower and had him access the vault 
so that she could get the crystal because she's actually slayed. No shit. <laughs> and then he like lights the place on fire and like binds Robin to a wall. Yeah, and burns down the whole Teen Titans Tower, which will be back in probably the next episode of Teen Titans Go, if you Ab- have to guess. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you know. And Robin escapes, and he's like, oh, I fucked everything up. He calls the Titans and apologizes, and then it turns out they were there the whole time. Yeah, they're just standing right next to him. Cyborg's crying, and, you know. Yep, and then, uh, like, all right, it's time to, to be real heroes and foil their plan. And foil Slade's so, plan. Slade's plan, which is to basically brainwash the entire world with the streaming service. Uh, it's like Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so it'll be broadcast to everyone, and he'll like control their minds, and then it'll be broadcast to the superheroes at the premiere of the new Robin movie, and he'll control all of them. Uh, so the Titans go to stop this, but like they don't. They they like they get there too late or whatever. Yeah, and then all the all the superheroes get uh get mind controlled and they start attacking them. And then they split up, Robin goes to shred the device, ah, I distracted the, the the heroes. And then they get yes. cornered and then they do the fucking portal joke again. They do. And they also do another joke again, which we've failed to mention earlier, which is that Stan Lee has a cameo in this movie. Was this his last and his, one? Uh, no, Captain Marvel. I believe. That's this right. Is his that's last right. One, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Filmed, filmed. Um, it, it, I like this cameo a lot. Cause like he realizes he's in a DC movie, not a Marvel movie. And he's like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> he runs away. Uh, but then he comes back later and he's like, I don't care. I just want to be, a- <laughs> I just want to be the center of attention. And then they just like, you know, say, get out of here, Stanley, and yeah. throw him away. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, there was another cameo I forgot to mention earlier. I might as well just mention it now while I'm talking about it. Um, so there was a part where an- another one of the reasons they Jade got pissed at the Teen Titans for fucking up stuff at the movie studio was they saw Slade Wilson and they started beating the shit out of him. And then it was just an actor. And he was like, no, stop it. I'm Shia LaBeouf. And they just kept beating the shit out of him. And then they kept beating the shit out of him, which is, is that's a good joke. But like, um, Shia LaBeouf was voiced by James Arnold Taylor, who the most prominent role he's done has been Obi-Wan in Clone Wars. Both of them. Yeah. Uh, both series. But also, your boy Titus <laughs> from <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy X. <laughs> yeah, that's him. That's Shia LaBeouf now. Damn, dude. In my head, in my head, those are going to be associated. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> but now they are. So, yeah, we're at the end of the movie, and they have to like find a way to um, avoid the superheroes and stop Slade. They do the portal. They just throw all the superheroes in the portal. Great. Yeah. Funny me. But we do get another. We do get another challengers. The unknown joke because like they're like, at least it can't get worse. And now there's like a shitload of superheroes who are pissed <laughs> in there with them. So it's implied that not only have they been nowhere for days, now they get the shit beat out of them. 
Jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then, then here comes like the final showdown. Robin and Slade start fighting. Is, knocks him, uh, knocks him down through in the building, and then oh, there's a bunch of TVs there about to play the the brainwash movie. And then the, ti- yep. the rest of the Titans show up, blow up the TVs, but it's too late. Robin's already mind controlled. Oh no! And he starts attacking them, and then Cyborg plays the the homemade movie they made, and it turns him back. Yeah. And then, then no then shit. They, and they actually fight. And they're like, well, how are we going to... He makes... He gets a legit... He, the weapon, the Doomsday Machine, is also a giant robot, apparently. And, uh... Yeah. Slate goes into that. He's like, well, how are you going to beat me? I'm a giant robot. And they're like, oh, the song, I guess. And then they play... A yeah, they just play the Teen Titans song again. And then they just beat the shit out of him. Mm. And then, uh... It's movie over. Yep, and then the superheroes all come out. They, they let all the superheroes back out after the device is destroyed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they leave the... Uh, <laughs> they leave the challengers of the yeah. unknown there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those guys are just trapped in the void forever. It's very cruel. Yeah. <laughs> and they all clap and cheer for them, and then they, and that's, that's the movie. They make a joke about credits. Yeah. Uh, he's like, should, Robin's like, shouldn't I say something profound that kids can talk to their parents about? And they're like, nah, nobody cares. And then he like hurriedly screams, kids ask your parents where babies come from. And then it goes to the credits. Yeah. That's it. Um, there's a, they, yeah, and then during the credits they play the little Yachty, the Teen Titans rap. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I needed to hear it, like I needed to hear it the third time. Right, the, I, I heard it three entire times throughout the course of this whole. We got a mid credits, which I guess I'll talk about briefly. Oh, I, didn't like, even, uh, it, I didn't realize. I, I I skipped through it real quick and like looked for one. I guess I must have missed it. I I mean I saw this because people were talking about it. Like when it happened, people like uploaded, uh, like actual like people filming the the post credit scene at the theater because it was the original Teen Titans from the the two thousand five series showing up. Oh, okay. And then they were like, you know, if anyone could hear this, we found a way back. And then it stops. Uh, and this was followed up on in a TV movie in 2019, Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. And it was the 2005 team fighting the Teen Titans Go. And I've heard that that was enjoyable, but it's still, you know, it's not like Teen Titans is back. <laughs> it's It's still fucking Teen Titans Go bullshit. Right. But obviously they did a lot of jokes of like, you know, making fun of the fact that like these are more serious, more professional versions of these characters <laughs> than the Teen Titans Go ones. So, yeah, that was uh, that was Teen Titans. No. Yep, I agree. Uh, <laughs> the film was a success, grossing uh, 52.1 million against a uh, pretty small 10 million budget. Uh, and it's got a very, very, very high 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is crazy. Uh, it's only behind the Dark Knight in this entire Batman series, at ni- which was at 94. Man, I uh, highly disagree. You know, well, that's the thing with Rotten Tomatoes. It's like I could see how, like, would I say that is is this one deserving of a tomato or a shit stain? 
<laughs> on, yeah. the rotten, on the Rotten Tomatoes scale? I'd say a tomato. Yeah, sure. But, like, if that's my only two choices, like, I would say a tomato with, like, five asterisks right next to it. Right. But, but, but like, that's not how they do things. So it's understandable how I could see that this is, like, you know, 91% of people said it was okay. Uh, yeah. So this this is a, another weird one that I don't really know where we put it. Well, let's uh, – okay, so it's definitely bad, better than BVS and Justice League. So let's go up <laughs> from there. Oh, well, yeah, like, you know, let's, without even saying anything, I know that. I know it's higher than that. Yes, um, so let's so, go from there. So above, above Batman v Superman, which we said was better than Justice League just last great, week, which is, you know, ah, fuck you, Justice League, uh, <laughs> is Batman and Robin. I would say this is better than that. Yeah, sure. Even though Batman Robin's funnier. Yeah, but not on purpose. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then Batman Forever, which, like, I'm kind of, like, iffy. Um, I, I would say it's better than Batman Forever, but I wouldn't go a penny high. Uh, yeah, I'll give, it, I'll give that to you. Put it there. And, and like, right above that would be Bird of Prey. I think this is like, you know, basically the division point between the movies being bad. Yeah. All right, there you go. Um I'll read this in a second. So our entire list from best to worst. The Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Mask of the Phantasm, Batman 66, yeah! still fourth place. It's still going to be fourth place. place. Batman 89, Batman Returns, Lego Batman, The Dark Knight Rises, Birds of Prey, Teen Titans Go, two of the movies, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, Batman v Superman, Justice League, Suicide Squad, Catwoman. (laughs) Yep. Can't go lower. Uh, So next week we will watch our final movie in this whole fucking thing, which is uh, the Joker, baby. Yeah, <laughs> it's Joaquin Fino as Jokey. Yeah. Do he do a haha and then uh-huh. and then shoots a celebrity? <laughs> what a joke! Um, it's it's a it's a little bit of a left turn after watching Teen Titans go to the very movies. much so. Jesus uh, Christ! <laughs> Although I think you could make an argument that uh, they are more. They they have a higher body count <laughs> collectively. Yeah. The Teen Titans go yeah, they do. have more a higher body count, if especially if you consider like you know the entire planet of Krypton, uh, than the Joke Man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll... so yeah, that's uh, that's next week. Get get ready to to be depressed for an entire runtime. Yay! So, what's your prediction on how like that's gonna shake out? Like, is uh, that gonna crack the top five? Because I really like that movie. Probably. I at, know you. I, I would probably end up putting it at number five if I if I still enjoy it the same as I did last time. It's definitely. Be it's technically not, better than eighty nine, which I don't know. I don't know. And it's definitely not better than Batman sixty six. It's not cracking that. <laughs> no, it probably isn't. I, the, well, as good as that movie is, there I still have problems with. It. We'll go into that next week. Yep, I haven't rewatched it since the theater, so right, that'll be fun. Either. Yeah, 
Um, well, I it would be fun if it was any other movie. Yeah, this is unfortunately good. the Joker isn't fun. Uh, it is a fucked up, <laughs> depressing movie. Yeah, filled with uh, violence and horrible, 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 uh, massive society mistreatment. <laughs> like, like sitting <laughs> like in a the entire across everybody massive society mistreatments. Like sitting in a fridge. Yes, it does have sitting in a fridge, <laughs> which is the 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 coldest, most psychotic thing he does in the entire movie. <laughs> is sits in that fridge. It's definitely the coldest, if you know what I mean. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> that fridge working properly, man. That cold. It's so stupid. Uh all right. That was a podcast, I sure, think. I, something like that. Okay, bye.